Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth. Since 1868, member FDIC. morning. It is Thursday, October 5th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You know, Rob, sometimes you get to work in the morning and you look around and go, wasn't I just here? <laughs> yes. The answer today, you were just here. You were just working it. We're all doing good this morning. Well, except for Kevin. Yeah, so we had a fabulous night with Night with WIBC. Thank you to everyone mm-hmm. who came out, sold out. Just a great crowd. It was great to meet everyone. Yeah. It was uh, great to, you know, do our little uh, song and dance that we did up there. Um, and for those of you who missed it, uh, and this is the sort of stuff you miss at a night with WIBC. So Casey and I came on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you brought the baby on stage? Uh, whatever one uh, yeah, thought was the baby. It was very wrapped up, and it was an actual baby doll. And Casey read a very fabulous poem about taxation to mm-hmm. the baby. Mm-hmm. And then the 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 hook was, at the end, I said, all right, you know, enough of this. And We're going to talk politics. My wife came on stage, and I chucked the baby. Yeah at her and people laughed at that so but again thank you to everyone who came out it was a great time it's always great to meet so many of you and you are the most fabulous awesome amazing um audience like we said last night in the entire world and thank you thank you so much and yes kev was the best part of the whole evening (laughs) if you could only see kevin in the green room pre-gaming gaming gaming, and then post absolutely kev was the real mvp last night i'm struggling today (laughs) yes kev Kev somehow ended up at my house well that tells you where he was And, and look i Full disclosure, I got to finally drive Kevin's van. It's Did not you really? it's not nearly <laughs> as bad uh-huh. as Yeah. It's not nearly as bad as I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, it's pretty Kevin. nice, right? I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it is not um like it's not something that say like a head of state, uh, you know, a cargo and a head of state caravan would be a part of, right. but it's but it is a passable van. Uh, mm-hmm. that I think you could not be thoroughly embarrassed about having a member of the opposite sex inside of. Yeah. I love how we get in here this morning and Tony Katz, producer, says to Kevin, aren't those the clothes you were wearing yesterday? <laughs> and he says, yeah. But Rob's wife actually washed them last night. Yeah, so you got the hookup last night. Yeah, so she. So I am wearing the same clothes that I was wearing last night, but they have been washed <laughs> and dried. And I'll get your aspirin here in just a minute, okay? Yeah. He's, he's asked me three times off. Already, yeah, do you please. have any aspirin? Kev was. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm sitting there watching this, and Kev is, of course, a younger man than me. Though I do remember being Kevin's age, and I was single when I was Kevin's age. And I'm watching Kev, and, and it was I don't know. This was about nine o'clock, so mm-hmm. we're Hammer Nigel went on after us, and before we all went back at the end. And I'm watching Kev, and I thought Kev has hit the you out with me, you out till three <laughs> stage, but he did it at about nine in the evening. Yeah, yeah it was after we did the Thunderstruck game yeah, with yeah. Hammer, yeah. where we're, we were chugging the beer to the song Thunderstruck uh-huh, by yeah. ACDC, <laughs> and that was what set me over. Yeah. And then uh-huh. at one point, Casey poured a huge shot for me, <laughs> and I was... <laughs> yeah, I took that shot, and I took all kinds of and stuff. That was the ugly sip. And, yeah. and logistically, so my wife, Allison, who is Hammer and Nigel's producer, and mm-hmm. myself, we were like, 
Somebody's got to take him What home. are we going to do about Kevin? And Kevin's like, I'll be fine. No, sir, you no, won't. No, you won't. Well, I'm glad you were looking after him. Thank you for doing that. And thank you, Kevin, for making it in this morning. It's 10 minutes after 9. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Joe Biden's oh my dog, gosh. this dog again, removed from the White House after it bit another person, the 12th person. Uh, this is unbelievable. And yeah. again, so we've talked about this before on the 11th person. Mm-hmm. And dogs are generally a reflection of the people who are their keepers. So, for example, mm-hmm. last night when Kev came over to my house, he, he cuddled got, up with Bruce. He got to meet Bruce. Kev was Bruce not the just nicest, coolest, most wonderful dog. Bruce is uh, an awesome guy. Yeah, he he <laughs> waddled up as bulldogs do. He mm-hmm. politely nud- nudged up next to Kevin to make sure that Kevin wished to engage with him. Yeah, and then once Kevin chose to engage, he put his little paw up and they had a moment together. And that guy is built like a tank. Oh yeah, too. but you know what? Why Bruce is that way? Because that's the reflection of the house mm-hmm. in which he is raised. He's not running up to Kevin and trying to bite him. He's like, uh, "Here I am. Hello, I'd like to meet you. Would you like to meet me? Oh, cool. We want to meet each other. Let's." engage and then you have a friend for life that's the way animals should be this dog is awful and it has to be a reflection of the people who are his masters okay so the white house has said that commander targets members of the president's security detail because of their unfriendly expressions and i did find out from a source that that 11th bite was a female secret service officer it's it's just ridiculous and oftentimes it's not the dog's fault. I mean, oftentimes the dog is a product of the environment in which it is raised. And if this dog is lashing out, it is clear he is not getting something from the people that are supposed to be responsible for taking care of him. Yeah, he's not, well, he he's not getting training. He's not getting love. He's not getting attention. He's angry about something. So they have removed the dog from the White House. So the Bidens no longer have possession Good. of Commander. Good, because animals should not be behaving that way. And Kevin and I were talking about this in one of our more sober conversations. I don't know if he remembers this one? or not. Well, before the, I think he we're- He had one? In fact, I think we were talking about this yesterday uh, here at work. Okay. That- Like in the case of say, there's a difference between, well, this dog is just being very protective of the people that he loves. No. Bulldogs, for example, will rip your head off if they believe the owner is being threatened. Like if Kevin were an intruder in the house, Bruce would have literally killed him. But dogs should be, if they're trained properly, to be able to have discernment on... And you don't even get any dumber than a bulldog. So if they can pull it off, there's no reason this dog couldn't pull mm-hmm. it off. Is this person friend or foe to the person I love and care about the most? So the fact that this dog is biting people and is so aggressive is not a reflection of, oh, he's just being protective of the people that he loves and care, cares about. No, any dog that has been remotely well taken care of and trained knows the difference and knows how to behave with people if they are loved and cared about and taken care of. Yeah, it's not just a playful nip. And when you have the Secret Service saying that this dog is dangerous, that's a real problem. I mean, these are people that have weapons. They're there to protect not only the building, but the people within the building. And when they're nervous being around that dog, you know it's a real problem. Yeah, absolutely. It is 13 after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So mortgage rates race towards 8% hitting a high we haven't seen since the late 2000s. Uh, this is a huge deal. 
And we've talked about this many times on this show. Again, I'm not sure if he remembers it last night, but Kev and I had a lengthy conversation (laughs) about mortgage rates. Mm -hmm. And Kev is in the home buying market, potentially, or the home renting market. And you are, and this is, you know, everybody hearing my voice right now, unless you are a a higher income person like you, Casey, uh, is feeling this. And, And the reality is you are probably stuck where you are at. Unless you have had some noticeable financial windfall over the past two or three years, there is a good chance you are essentially stuck in the environment in whatever house you are in. And the danger of that, as long as you like that house, mm-hmm. great. But let's say you bought a house that's 1,500 square feet three years ago and you got in at 2%. Well, goody on you. You have a probably an incredibly affordable payment and you're, everything's coming up roses. But let's say you did that with no kids. Let's say you're a newly married family. Well, now, let's say three, four years on, now you've got two kids. Well, a 1,500-square-foot home with two kids, while it may be more than enough for a newly married couple, not really probably working out well if you've got two or more kids. Well, now you've got to try to maneuver and make a decision. Well, what are you going to do? I, I, I did the math on this for our home that we bought a year and a half ago, and the payment, Casey, is would be if I bought the same house just on interest rate, same price, same down payment, same everything, $500 more a month. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what they're saying. The average is it's like $1,000 more. So the 30-year fixed mortgage rate right now, 7.72%. And the Fed talked about raising it again in two weeks. They indicated, yeah, it's a possibility. It may happen again before the end of the year. And this is causing sales of homes to drop, even at a time when there's a strong demand for them. People just can't afford it with this high interest rate. The the goal of any government should be people to lift themselves up, to create an environment, not where the government lifts you up, but to be able to create an environment in which you have the ability to lift yourself up. And one of the biggest parts of lifting yourself up is creating a better environment for you and your family. The home is usually the primary asset of any individual or family, and it is almost impossible right now. Now, I'm sure there are exceptions, Somebody's going to go, well, I did, blah, 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 blah. But by and large, it is now incredibly hard to lift yourself up out of your current living situation mm-hmm. because of no fault of your own, but because of interest rates. Yeah. if you Let's just put it into perspective. You mentioned your home. If you are somebody who's trying to upgrade and maybe buy a bigger, uh, a family home, mm-hmm. a long-term home, a $400,000 home, you put 20% down, which is typical. You get this 30-year fixed loan, $930 more yep. now than it was just a couple of years ago. And this goes back to the conversation we had yesterday with Luke Kennelly, the former state senator telling this tax committee here in Indiana, you guys need to do something about property taxes because that tax is punishing people who 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, bought a home based on the income they had at their disposal. They are now being taxed at something that is two or three or four times greater than what they made a responsible choice on. And you are we are nearing the point as these home values continue to increase. And if you're taxed based on that, people will be evicted from their homes for inability to pay their, pay their uh, taxes. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And I'm going to go fish out an aspirin for Kevin. <laughs> <laughs>
minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Did you see that video this week from Fox News that was circulating that they got pranked? Yes. They were doing this report about that shooting that happened at Morgan State University. Somebody called in, the anchor put them on the air, and then they were talking, you know, the anchor was asking this person Mm -hmm. what's going on, thinking it was an eyewitness. And turns out it was just a prank call, and they sit there and said, oh, well, we're watching Tucker Carlson on X. Well, so this was interesting. The guy who reportedly did it outed himself and said, I, and I'm, I'm not quoting this verbatim, but I'm trying to give you a you know, paraphrase here. Mm-hmm. He said, I did this to prove that when these crisis things happen, Fox News and these other organizations, in, you know, I think he was trying to say all cable news, is just looking for sensationalism mm-hmm. and they will just go with whatever they think gives them the best way to keep you watching. So he said, there was no vetting of me, no well, checking, no nothing. And yeah. he said, I, you know, I totally proved, now as, as awful as that may be what he did, and I think we would look at it and go, well, that that's pretty wrong to do at a time of tragedy and mm-hmm. people are, you know, losing their lives, et cetera. But you do look at it and go, well, I guess he proved his point because they did put him on, and clearly there was absolutely no vetting right. with this person. Well, speaking of Tucker Carlson, he did have a guest on his show. His name is Chris Moritz, and he's from what, The Daily Caller? Yeah, works for The Daily Caller. And so uh, Tucker's show becoming a little more traditional now, so kind of more mirroring the TV show that he had. Of course, obviously, he came out of the gate with some kind of wild and wacky stuff. But this guy, they talked a lot about... Um, sex changes in children, mm-hmm. about this gender dysphoria stuff. And I thought it was a really interesting conversation because this guy, his name is Chris Moritz, works for the Daily Caller, said that one of the scary things about what we are doing or parents are allowing to have done to their kids is there's absolutely no studies on long-term effects of how this is going to impact kids. We, if we get deeper into the medical research, we find that there are no clinical studies none on the long-term efficacy, consequences, uh, and in many cases, debilitating life-term effects of these procedures and pharmaceutical products, especially on children. But there are no studies? There are none. In fact, the FDA has not approved a single um, uh, pharmaceutical uh, product used in gender transition um, specifically for gender transition. So uh, testosterone, estrogen, and what are called GNRH agonists or puberty blockers um, are all prescribed off-label. So they do not have specific FDA approval for gender gender transition because this is such a new Mm -hmm. field of of medicine. Um, And, um, you know, many of these drugs, especially these GNRH agonists or puberty blockers, um, have been traditionally prescribed for for cancer patients. Right. And prostate cancer, famously. Exactly. He mentioned it right there. It hasn't been going on long enough for them to have these long-term studies. Well, doesn't this sound very similar to what happened during COVID? Where, hey, here's... Take the shot. Several, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, here's several billion dollars of federal money, Mr. Pharmaceutical Man. Mm-hmm. And you're going to throw this thing out there. Did it go through the procedure that everyone else has to? No. So what do you know about it long term? Well, we really don't. But, hey, it, maybe it'll work. Yeah. And, I mean, clearly, you're. I'll, I will turn the, the floor over to you because you are, the of the two of us, the person who had 
the shot and the booster shot. Mm. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> well, it didn't stop me from getting COVID. It, right. And and you, I think you'd mentioned, had very serious kind of immediate yeah, well, reactions I could, to it. Well, I could feel it. Yeah. yeah. Like within minutes, I could feel after I got the shot. So it seems like now we are at, remember, it used to always be, you know, when right to try was a big thing. Hey, there's the experimental drugs that might help people with, you know, cancer, et cetera. We want them to be able to use. No, 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 no. It's got to go through this. It's got to go through that. Well, now it seems like if it's something, if it's our preferred uh drug of choice, I guess, whether it's trying to turn little boys into little girls or uh, the COVID related stuff. Well, sure. Just, you know, just go on out there and and go right at it. I mean, uh, rather than there being testing done in laboratories, we're being tested on. If you allow now, again, when somebody's an adult, they can do whatever they want to do. And, you know, there's studies that show when the brain is fully formed and when people are actually making rational choices. And that's, you know, well into their 20s. But our society says you're an adult at 18. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, like you want to buy cigarettes or alcohol, then you can't do that. You're not an adult enough to do that. But if you're 18 and you decide you want to chop something off, I think you're making an egregious mistake. But you can do that. But if you allow a kid, someone who is 12, or 13 or 14 years old to change what they are from man to woman, woman to man, boy to girl, girl to boy, you're a terrible person. I'm just wondering when they're going to even start putting out generics of these drugs. Oh, they want it. Mm -hmm. They'll get it. All right. Uh, So Mitch McConnell, Casey, you remember him. Yeah, I do. Uh, He is weighing in on uh, what's going on with the Speaker of the House. Trump is truthing out a photo of himself as Speaker Mm -hmm. and much more. All right. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, a day after that historic outing of Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. A couple names have emerged. People are saying, yeah, I'm interested. Pick me. One is Steve Scalise. The other is Jim Jordan. A lot of people having this conversation, whether they thought it was the right thing to do to have Kevin McCarthy exit or if they should have had a plan instead. I posed this question to someone who works here last night, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a very interesting, very brief but interesting back and forth. If indeed Jim Jordan becomes Speaker of the House, will you then concede that people like me and Matt Gates were right? Because wouldn't we all agree that Jim Jordan would be infinitely better than Kevin McCarthy? And if indeed that is the desired result, then wouldn't you concede this was totally worth it? And Matt Gates, and by default, the people like us who supported him mm-hmm. were correct. Didn't Jim Jordan vote for Kevin McCarthy? Well, this is the this is the problem that I would have, and we talked about this, is that any person who voted for Kevin McCarthy, to me, has such a serious lack of judgment. Uh, we, I should not, it's just like the stuff with COVID here. Two weeks in, a week in, we were looking at the dashboard going, okay, it's pretty clear mm-hmm. when these numbers are not changing in terms of who's most vulnerable, who's getting sick, who's going to the hospital, who's having death, which is the, the biggest thing. You have already seen a trend, and we have a very good idea of who's most at risk. So what that means is let's figure out how we protect those people, but also society needs to run. So you don't need to lock society down. Rob Kendall could go back to work. You don't need to put everybody under a big umbrella of, well, everybody must stay home. No, that was stupid. There was no reason someone like Kevin or yourself or, or me could not be at work every day. Same, same thing here. 
if we can look at and see, wow, Kevin McCarthy's going to be a disaster because here's his track record as an elected official and who he's chummed around with and who he's been pals with and what sort of things he supported, then how is it that the U.S. reps, all these people who are supposed to be these all-knowing, all-seeing, all-thinking, all-feeling, all-hearing, just got it so wrong? And if you got it so wrong, I don't believe Jim Jordan's a stupid person. Same way I don't believe Jim Banks is a stupid person. They knew what they were doing, and they voted for a guy out of politics over doing what was right for the country. I don't want that person running my country. Okay, so a lot of people saying uh, it doesn't matter who it is. We just need some strong conservative leader, somebody who's going to have bold principles and who takes on the Democrats rather than fighting within the own party, our, our own party, their own party. But it's not even about taking on the Democrats. I mean, this is the whole thing. They got to be a fighter. They got to this. They got to that. No, you got to put forward stuff that makes sense. You got to put forward stuff that does what you promised last fall when you were running for re-election and get it across the finish line. Okay, now put forward stuff. Now this is the point that's making a lot of people angry because right now they're on recess like their children. Yes. They're out on the playground. They're mm. not even there. And even when they return without a speaker, they can't do any stuff because an interim speaker can't pass any legislation. Can't put anything forward. Which would that really be so bad? Well, aren't they there to govern? Well, but I mean, I continue to ask the question. Whether it's good or bad legislation, they can't do anything. There's a famous episode of The Office. Yet they're getting paid. Where, I forget the background on this, but somehow there just is no boss. Michael somewhere, Mm -hmm. something happened. There is no boss. And yet The Office like runs itself, whether it was for a day or whatever. And Jim is doing the thing where he's looking in the camera and says, it turns out that if people have pride in their work and you just (laughs) leave them alone, they'll accomplish the task at hand. It's kind of true for the nation, right? Like if you just leave people alone Mm -hmm. and let them do what they know to do. I mean, we're not enforcing any things we need to enforce anyway, like the border or crime. I mean, we're not, that's the stuff we actually should be getting tough on and we're not doing that. So basically we're just passing laws for law-abiding citizens. Mm-hmm. Well, people know what to do. Yeah. The good and decent members of society know how to be good and decent members of society. If you just leave them alone, they're going to be way more productive than all the help you're supposedly providing. So, okay, yeah, but they can't make anything happen for the American people at this point without a speaker. Great. Good or bad, whether you agree or disagree with it, they can't do anything. You know what would be fascinating? Okay, so They're got, just like taking space at this point. Well, that's what they do. These people just suck the life out of everything they're involved in for their own benefit. This would be fascinating. Let's go. That, that uh, thing they just passed was 45 days. Mm-hmm. What if we just said, let's see what happens for the next 45 days with no House of Representatives. Yeah. Let's just see if there is no government, what happens. They can't spend anything. I mean, they've already funded the government, so you can't say, oh, the government might shut down. Not that that would be a bad thing anyway, but let's just see what happens. If calamity happens and dogs and cats are living together and mass hysteria, <laughs> then then okay, I'll come on these radio airwaves and go, oh man, I was totally wrong. We really do need a House of Representatives. I don't think we need any of it. I think these people could go away I think the government could, air quote, shut down, and I think everything would be just fine. I think, in fact, America would be in a better place. We might actually start uh, getting things affordable again. We might actually start being able to buy things that matter, like food and gas and all these other... I mean, government is a hindrance to everything it gets involved in. We had a 
I don't mean to turn it into this, but one of our very fabulous uh, sponsors of this radio station and a sponsor of Night with WIBC was there last night. And uh, we were talking about how they had attempted to grow their business, mm -hmm. the small business, very, very uh, wonderful small business. I won't name them because they didn't. They didn't say, "Hey, make sure you 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 know tell everybody our business if if we if you talk about this tomorrow." But they were discussing how they had tried to grow their business. They were attempting to take dilapidated property. They were going to turn that into something very very nice for their business, and they just hit one hurdle after Red another tape. from the government to the yeah. point where they finally just said, screw it, we'll just buy an existing building and add nothing to the tax roll. And they, I mean, it, like they're literally saying, it's not like they were trying to build a nuclear power plant in the middle of a town, Casey. Yeah. They were simply saying, hey, there's these two or three properties that really are in bad shape. We'll buy them and build them up. We just need a little help with things like a parking lot, et cetera. And they were just straight up told by the government, Nah, no. we're not doing that. The government destroys everything it comes in contact with. So in one of his moments where he wasn't freezing up, Mitch McConnell said whoever the next speaker is, they should get rid of the motion to vacate. I hope whoever the next speaker is gets rid of the motion to vacate. I think it makes the speaker's job impossible. And the American people expect us to have a functioning government. On the Senate side, we need to get our as many appropriation bills passed as possible. The majority leader has indicated that's what he would like to do as well, and he'll have plenty of cooperation from us in trying to achieve as close to a regular appropriations process as we possibly can. Okay, so there's two things with that that are so important. And Mitch McConnell, God bless him, maybe because he doesn't know where he's at anymore, he is telling you exactly what the Republicans are. First of all, the speaker was taken down inside of the rules that the speaker agreed to. Okay, so the rules are set up. Everybody knows the rules of the game. It'd be like in baseball, you being mad that the game went nine innings and you were trailing and you go, well, that's not fair. Kevin McCarthy agreed to those rules, mm -hmm. as did everybody else who voted for Kevin McCarthy. He was taken down because he did not hold up his obligation based on the rules he agreed to. And Mitch McConnell's response is, no, well, let's just change. The yeah, rules. yeah. It's not. It's not a reflection of wow. What did we do wrong? Why are people feeling this way? It's let's change the rules in the middle of the game. Here's a great example of mm -hmm. this. And it has happened here in Indiana on multiple occasions, or at least attempted to. When Todd Young didn't get those signatures to get on the ballot, because the establishment wing of the Republican Party uses the signature requirement to keep undesirables off the ballot. I know. I remember when I was working for Mike Pence, how gleeful they were that they kept Jim Wallace from running for governor. I was on the conference call when they told us about it and how excited they were that they were able to get enough of his signatures thrown out, that they were just euphoric, that they would have no primary competition. It blew up in their face almost with Todd Young because he was lazy and arrogant and didn't get the signatures. Now, the system was rigged and they just let him go. But what happened in the immediate aftermath, despite the fact this has been happening for a long time to undesirables and nobody cared at all, once it happened to one of their guys, mm -hmm. Brian Bosma and David Long, I thought they were going to tear a hamstring sprinting to a podium talking about <laughs> how we've got to do something to affect this. No, the rules are the rules. And they love, the establishment loves the rules when it keeps people out or gets the things they want. When it blows up in their face. Change them back. Oh, my gosh, these rules are terrible. The second part of this, he is, he being McConnell, mm -hmm. tells you. 
he is incredibly excited to work with Chuck Schumer. You heard what he said there. We must do fund the government. Not yep. good government, yep. not accountable government, not transparent government. His In his mind, the most important thing is to simply write a check to someone. It doesn't matter whether it's a good check, a bad check, an accountable check. And Chuck Schumer is about as far left as you can get. And in Mitch McConnell's world, well, it doesn't matter. We've got to work with him. We've got to do whatever, whatever he wants. Well, they have the same goal. Exactly. They both want to keep spending. Yes, you're it's right. It's the same picture. 100%. It's yes. the same picture. 100%. It's 943. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning, it's 947, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So it was just mere seconds after Kevin McCarthy was ousted as Speaker of the House that people started throwing around Donald Trump's name. Yeah, and it appeared at one point like he was open to it. In fact, did you see the picture that he posted on his Truth Social? It's him in front of the American flag. He's wearing a MAGA hat and he's got the gavel in his hand. Of course he did, which, okay, this is what drives me crazy about Trump. So he does this, and that's funny and all good, but then he actually gets, like, asked about it, and according to, was The Hill, right? Yeah, it's The Hill that's reporting, you know, he's not really interested. Okay, the reality is Donald Trump is not good at government. Let, let's, you know, we, we, we call the balls and strikes here, Casey. And, and so we're going to say something good, and then we're going to tell you something that may offend some people. Donald Trump is highly entertaining. He's incredibly charismatic. He has some interesting ideas. Many of them would be quite good for the country, and and some of them were that got enacted quite good for the country. However, he's terrible at actual government. And what I mean by that, and I will tell you someone who had to learn this, simply having a whole bunch of ideas does not mean anything. No, you have to execute them. You have to be able to execute. And one of the things that it took, and it took me a while, um, to learn this. And once I learned it, I started getting a lot of stuff done in a very short order is you have to be able, and this does not mean, I'm not saying this as in you have to bend a knee or give in to your principles or anything else. You have to be able to coalition build. Mm-hmm. You have to understand how things get made or how things get done, how the sausage gets made is always the old saying. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump, and then the Speaker of the House is the ultimate person with that. I mean, you've got a very slim majority right now of Republicans. You've got maybe a handful of Democrats, depending on the issue, who might support whatever you're putting forward. But in terms of actual conservative legislation, which is what the Republicans ran on in, in 2022, you've got to have somebody who really knows how to maneuver the system. And Donald Trump is simply just not that person. Okay, let's talk about that for just a second, because you just said you have to be able to coalition build. And many people are saying, isn't that what McCarthy was doing? No, because Kevin McCarthy made a promise that he would do certain things. And Kevin McCarthy had the ability to do those things, not once, but twice. And twice, he did not use the power afforded to him to accomplish those things. Kevin McCarthy, Joe Biden said out loud, we cannot let the debt ceiling, we cannot default on our debt. Cool, you have all the power. He didn't use it. Mm -hmm. The government could shut down and the world would not end. We have seen it many, many times. In fact, it happened when Trump was president. 2019, I believe. Everybody's still here. Everybody Mm -hmm. was still eating. Everybody still has had a roof over their head. Like there are certain things that don't go on. Big deal, big whoop, who cares? 
Kevin McCarthy again did not use those things. Kevin McCarthy wasn't trying. He was trying. Kevin McCarthy was trying to coalition build for the things he wanted rather than the things he promised and the Republicans promised they would accomplish. Kevin McCarthy did not believe the things that he promised the Republicans would accomplish if elected. That's the difference. It's easy to say, well, if I'm just going to keep the status quo, of course the Democrats are going to sign off on that. There's going to be half the Republicans because they're just as bad as the Democrats who are going to sign off on that. But if you actually want to accomplish things, again, I say this from experience, your campaign, I can't say that word, your campaign don't mean crap, Casey. (laughs) And it doesn't matter how overwhelmingly you won your election Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what great ideas you had. Once you're in the governing body, whether it's five like I was or 535 like is the, you know, the the Congress, the the federal government, 435, the House, you've got to be able to figure out what is your way to a majority. And there is no way Donald Trump is going to coalition build of any shape, form, or fashion. Well, no. Marjorie Taylor Greene was asked about him, and she said she would support him for speaker. And he replied, Donald Trump said, I think she's a wonderful woman. I'll do whatever it, whatever I can to help. But my focus, my total focus is being president and quite honestly, making America great again. So it's not a definitive, no, I don't want to be speaker but it was kind of a yeah no that's not the job that i want if you actually care about good okay so this is the really interesting thing if you actually care about good government the number one way you could impact society would be to be speaker of the house of representatives if you actually are a person who said i desire to solve the issues that are facing this country primarily runaway federal spending and the inflation associated with it however it is if you actually care about getting something done and not just like McCarthy did, rubber stamping Biden's continued policies, it is the most thankless, hardest job on the planet. And it's a job that you actually have to think your way through. You have to be able to come up with a game plan. You got you to have a core set of beliefs and principles. Donald Trump does not have that. I mean, I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of people who love Trump. Trump has no core set of beliefs or principles he just simply doesn't he will say he's a total weeble wobble he will say whatever now i think there are things like the tax cuts that were very different the way he did those and they were very helpful that he believed in but it's not a core principle like donald trump does not believe in limited government he does not believe in smaller less restrictive government he doesn't believe in a more accountable government it just there's nothing in his life there's nothing in his presidency that showed that he believed those things okay now at what point though holding on to those principles does it become impossible to govern great it comes back to what i said what <laughs> if if you just leave people alone yeah. and let them live their lives people will generally be just fine again we're not getting tough on crime in this country we're not getting tough on the border we're not tough on law and order which is one of the actual primary functions of a government is to keep a look at what happened in 2020 casey was that a civil society yeah i mean you were literally watching cities burn to the ground and the government's just sitting there prosecutors mayors Mm -hmm. going oh these poor people they're just they're just getting their frustration out this isn't even happening anyway So all you're getting is government rules and regulations and restrictions on law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. I would be just fine, Casey, if you said the government is, the federal government is going to shut down for the next year, Rob. Well, hot dang. (laughs) Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about it, and of course, her answer, eh, she really didn't have one. 
at the meetings about this in the last 24 hours, has anybody in the West Wing heard anybody talking about the possibility of Speaker Trump? This is something for House Republicans <laughs> to figure out. This is something for them to fix. We're not going to get involved in the speakership. Mm -hmm. We don't care who they, who is in the race or who is out the race. That is not for us to figure out. The president doesn't have a vote. No one here has a vote. They have to figure this out. They don't care, except for if it is Donald Trump, and then they're going to possibly indict and... You have to pick someone with a core set of beliefs that match the campaign promises that were made in 2022 and then is willing to use the levers of power given to them. If you're not, I said this yesterday, if you're not willing to shut down the government, if the next speaker is not willing to shut down the government, you are not going to solve these issues. It's 955. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Yeah.